Hello and welcome everyone to the Social Exercise Project podcast. It is finally here, our first episode. We're excited. Are you excited, Dave? Yes, I am. I am very excited. I'm a bit nervous as well, but definitely excited. Awesome, awesome. So let's just get things going. I think introducing ourselves would be a very good place to start. So, do you want to go ahead? <laughs> okay, I'll do the honours. So, hi guys, my name is Dayuk, and I am one of the individuals involved in the social exercise project, SEP for short, and I think we should call it SEP from now on. So, a little bit about myself. I did my bachelor's in exercise physiology at the University of New South Wales, I and mean, I'm currently a candidate in Master of Philosophy Medicine at the University of Sydney, and I'm hopefully finishing my thesis around June this year. A little bit of a disclaimer, I do not represent the university in any way besides the fact that I am a student there. A little fun fact, not a huge fan of watermelon. Oh, um, nice. Yes, I know. I will eat it, but if I do have the chance to avoid consuming watermelon, I will avoid it. So you just like tolerate it? Yeah, tolerate it. It's tolerable, but I will avoid it. Uh, my favorite sport, I would say it'd be soccer. My favorite team would be Manchester United. Unfortunately, they lost their game today in the UEFA Champions League against PSG 2-0. Not the best way to start the day. But I think having this first episode of podcast being aired on the same day makes up for it. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. I think waking up to that news that Manchester United lost 2-0 was really sad because it was kind of a season of hope uh, with a new manager. But, well, we're not here to talk about football. Yeah, this outweighs anything because, yeah, we've been working on this for a few months. So it's going to be really precious to, yeah, start this off and get the ball rolling. So about me, hi, I'm Andrew. I'm in a similar boat with Dayuk, currently doing my um, Masters by Research, looking at exercise and mental health and its role for treating post-traumatic stress disorder. Hopefully I will be finishing off my thesis soon, I think in a few months, and I'll be glad to kind of get that done and over with. Yeah, a little fun fact. I'm an exercise physiologist and graduated from the University of New South Wales and don't fully represent them in this podcast either. Yeah, so fun fact, during high school, I was all ready to go into, you know, a commerce degree and do actuarial studies. In high school, I did yeah, maths and economics and business studies. I was ready for a life of office work. But I think the thought of doing that for the rest of my life until I'm 70 wasn't really appealing. So I was able to stumble upon exercise physiology about one or two weeks away from the cutoff. We had to make a decision on uni courses and I'm glad I chose it. I wouldn't look back. That's good to hear. That's why he's doing the podcast with me. That would have happened if that wasn't the case. So today's episode will be very brief about just who we are, what we do, and touch base a bit on what physical activity and exercise is. We just like to keep it short and simple. We don't want to take a lot of your time, like your usual podcast, which goes for 40 minutes to an hour. Without further ado, let's get underway. So the first thing Andrew and I would like to talk to you guys about is why we have created SEP. There were three main reasons why we created SEP. We all know that being physically active is good for us, yet a lot of us find it difficult to add this to our repertoire. Through SEP, we hope to better equip you, the audience, in getting the right advice instead of having to look for information from scratch and help you guys to get exercise into your daily schedule. For instance, if you're a business owner or you're a research student like Andrew or myself um, with a thesis deadline coming up very shortly, which is a bit scary. I don't know how Andrew feels, but I am definitely nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second reason why we decided that the creation of SEP was appropriate is that Andrew and I felt that 
the current research field regardless of whether it be mental health which Andrew and I are currently in so we're doing the mental health research in regards to that and exercise but also other areas of research is not very accessible to the general public I mean it will be hard to understand all the scientific lingo say that you were able to obtain such information but I'm sure if you were able to obtain such information without going to a university you must be very rich these papers are very expensive paywall <laughs> yeah it is a paywall it's a climb it is a climb <laughs> so it is quite hard to understand before we started recording this podcast Andrew was talking about you can go to a consult with an appropriate medical or allied health professional yes yeah yeah I think more and more doctors are being more aware of the benefits of exercise I think the entirety of the medical community is not fully on board yet but over time it's a hope that exercise will become a part of normal treatment for people with chronic conditions good things take time good things take time definitely when you visit a doctor with um, certain conditions whether it's like diabetes or osteoporosis or arthritis maybe you have a half an hour consultation with the doctor even Um, less sometimes it's 10 minutes 10 minutes and you know they tell you oh are you getting exercise Mm, yeah you should get exercising you just have so many questions like where do you start what constitutes as exercise and am i doing enough i'm walking 10 minutes a day like is that enough i'm doing housework doing gardening is that enough or do i need to do more what we're trying to do here with step is give you the information to give you the tools to be able to make those decisions to engage in exercise in a healthy way and engaging way and in a productive way in a productive way as well definitely so you can be equipped to be able to manage those conditions well and seek out exercise physiologists to get started and know where to start and we're exercise physiologists as well and we can give that qualified advice Angel will just touch briefly on what an exercise physiologist is but before we do with a consult aspect of anyone just going in to seek advice regarding their condition or just their health overall and when someone says you need to get more physically active it is quite difficult just because there's a time constraint involved so it will be very impractical say that if you continuously book an appointment with a appropriate medical or allied health professional just to seek those advice just because those consultations will be very brief but also at the same time medical and allied health professionals have other patients to look after so it would be unwise and also needless to book numerous appointments if the only purpose is to obtain valid information and going back to what Andrew said that is the reason why we thought the inception of SEP was appropriate before we go to that third point I think Andrew touched on a good point about exercise physiologists I'll get Andrew to just explain what an exercise physiologist is in like 30 seconds so starting now a little elevator pitch So exercise physiologists are university qualified allied health professionals that deliver lifestyle interventions to manage chronic disease. And so it all comes from an evidence base from the research and the literature of how we can integrate exercise and physical activity into your lifestyle to help manage those different conditions. And so we understand how the body responds physiologically to exercise and how that benefits certain conditions. We've been through four years of uni learning all the science and anatomy and physiology and chemistry and all of that. So we do have a deep understanding about it. And so it's a good place to start and to get that initial consultation so you set off this journey on the right foot. That was a bit over 30 seconds, but thank you. <laughs> so going back to what SEP is all about or why we created SEP, the third reason is we both use social media very often. I'm sure everyone does. If you've come across this podcast, I'm sure everyone would have 
at least a Facebook account or Instagram or maybe Snapchat. So social media is quite a powerful tool and it makes it such a valuable resource to educate people as well. It's not just about connecting people. or I mean, it is about connecting people, but it can be also used for other purposes, so such as education, like I said just before. So with that in mind, Edge and I wanted to provide information to the general audience to have a valid and reliable source to go to in regards to being physically active and doing it in a safe manner but also give some kind of ideas or inspiration, as I would probably like to call it, to exercise beyond the gym. Some of the things that we've looked up on uh, Instagram, like the hashtag Fitzbur, hashtag BBG, it is daunting when you see those images. It can motivate you, but at the same time, it can put you off. And being physically active doesn't necessarily mean it's all about having the chiseled ab or a beach body. So I, for one, I'm not ripped. Can't really say it too much for Andrew because uh, I don't know um, not even denying it <laughs> <laughs> not even denying it but definitely physical activity can be used to improve the quality of life through prevention or treatment of chronic conditions or I would like to call it lifestyle illnesses if prescribed properly now what is SEP all about SEP is a media-based project to promote healthy lifestyle like I've been mentioning before and our main audience will be people who have little to no knowledge on physical activity and exercise but also in turn individuals with greater depth of knowledge in the mentioned field who will hopefully if they find our contents good provide this tool as a tool for patients that they see so Andrew and I would fall under the category of those individuals with greater depth of knowledge in the mentioned field which is physical activity and exercise but at the same time we would hopefully get other people on board through invitations sent out to talk about physical activity and how it plays a role in their life whether that be through the prescription on a clinical basis academically from an individual that might be doing research such as Andrew and myself and also from the general audience as well so see how they integrate their exercise routine or physical activity routine into their daily habit it's also a great way to promote yourself if you do have a business especially for those clinical health professionals i definitely get that plug in now directions we have a lot of directions don't we yeah we have a lot, a lot of, of different ideas we want to execute on I think the first one to talk about is our blog. So if you followed our Instagram page, I think the first few posts, you probably think it's like some life aspirations and motivational quotes. Hashtag motivation. <laughs> I think those quotes are reflective of kind of experiences that we've gone through um, and lessons we've learned in life. But, <laughs> but with our blog, we started a series called Outside the Box. It aims to kind of look deeper into all kinds of different physical activities or different types of exercise per se that's kind of outside the box from what you think is exercise. So I think most people think exercise is about going to the gym and sorting it out, lifting weights, the clanging bang. Getting the pump. Getting the pump, getting the gains and <laughs> things yep. like that. But there's such a wide range of different activities that are more engaging and you can- Consider physical activity or consider exercise. Yeah, and you get the same intensity and you work the same muscles as well. So the first post was by Dayuk where he does a bit of dancing. It's called popping. If you yeah, wanna... popping into scene. It's where I do a form of hip hop dancing. The word popping has a bit of a quote. I guess a bit of a speech, speech bubble or I think it's apostrophe, so I don't know. I've uploaded it quite like a few days before this. Yeah. So the form of dancing is called popping. It is a type of hip hop dance. consists of tension and relaxation of muscles. I always thought dancing was just more of an art form as opposed to exercise. So after going through one month attending workshops, uh, my mind's completely changed. It's something that gives you a workout and it's something that can be considered as an alternative to going to the gym. There's a lot of isometric contractions. I won't be going into too much detail of that. 
it's also the social aspect as well, the family culture that they bring within, especially the hip hop scene, makes you feel welcome. Exercise can be not only beneficial for your health in that regards, but for example, in the specific context of dancing, you've got that social environment where you know people promote each other to help each other to get better. And I think from that experience within that month, made me decide that I would be continuously following the hip hop scene and practice my popping if you'd like to follow my personal instagram called popping duck i think it was uh with a d-u-h-k follow me and you can see my progress low-key advertisement right here it's something yeah, you know you the audience can do as well if you're on the guest here <laughs> same with all the clinical health professionals that might be listening to this so stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned it's yeah. really good it's really good and we'll get ourselves involved in all the different things and vlog our experiences about it and just explore options and we're going to get different people in as well that are doing different things like maybe it's horse riding or tennis or tennis and just block their experiences about that and hope that it's helpful for you in terms of knowing about these different options which is a really good thing as well so we'll be talking about it in the general sense as well but at the same time we'll also be speaking from a more of a clinical perspective how someone living with diabetes can better manage their blood sugar level through exercise or how can I reduce the incidence of bone fractures they say that if you're living with osteoporosis so we'll be also looking at from the clinical side of things as well we won't be giving very specific details because exercise is like a medication and it has to be prescribed specifically to suit your needs so we'll be talking about it in a very general perspective but at the same time, we'll also be talking about exercise and how it can apply to your social life and how you can integrate that to your daily life and make it a lifestyle instead of a chore. And speaking of exercise and trying to get it into your lifestyle, probably the best way to start this episode, or just continue our conversation here, is what is physical activity and exercise? Mm. Physical activity and exercise are terms that are quite often used interchangeably but they do have different meanings they are different yeah definitely and i'll get andrew to explain what that is all about and i'll try to cover a bit every now and then um hopefully i don't cut him off i've got a bad tendency to do that so over to you andrew yeah so when we were describing all the different things we're doing like dance and things like that we did use exercise and physical activity quite interchangeably. So we'll just look at what physical activity is first. Strictly speaking, it's any kind of bodily movement that's caused by your muscle contractions that lead to substantial energy expenditure. So it's just bodily movement that requires energy to do so. This is range from all ranges of incidental activities, your activities of daily life, your hobbies and things like that. And so exercise is under the umbrella of physical activity. A subset. A subset. So exercise is something that's like structured and it's got a point to it. It's got an end goal in mind. So whether it's exercising for training, your speed, your strength, your power. So this is what exercise is. So it's structured. And so if you're driven by like routine and you have that discipline to keep things going, keep things regular, exercise is what you're doing. A structured, organized and planned yeah. physical activity. So like Andrew just mentioned before, with an end goal in mind. So it's done to improve or maintain one or more components of fitness. So fitness can be skill-based or can be physiologically based. So your aerobic fitness is a more of a physiological kind of stuff, uh, whereas speed, agility, be more the skill-based fitness levels. 
which is quite funny. The reason why physical activity and exercise can be used so interchangeably so frequently could be, I guess, a fine example would be walking. Walking would be a fine example. So if you're walking to and from the bus stop to get to work or get to your friend's place or go to the cinema to watch movies with your friends, that would be considered a physical activity. It's something that isn't really planned. It's done so you can go somewhere. Sure, going to the movies or meeting your friend is a goal, but it's not done to improve or maintain a component of fitness. Mm -hmm. So it will be, in that sense, walking will be considered physical activity. But say, for instance, you come back from work or come back from university, but you decide, hey, I want to go for a 20-minute walk. You know, I can maintain my fitness level, so aerobic, so I don't get too tired when I go for a long walk sometime in the future then walking will be considered an exercise. So I think that's where the confusion lies, where mm. physical activity and exercise becomes so interchangeably used. I mean, we all know that going to the gym would be an exercise. exercise. But at the same time, it would still be called a physical activity. Yeah. If you want to get very nitty-gritty with the technical mm. terms, it would be a form of exercise. It is something that's quite so often confused, but at the same time, it can also be appropriate to use it interchangeably. But there's that. Just thought it would be a bit of a good food for thought for everyone. So it's going to be helpful to know because you have like World Health Organization and all these public health people that are pushing for this number that's out there or this guideline that we should be engaging in 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity per week or 75 minutes of kind of vigorous level of physical activity so i think knowing what physical activity entails will be important for you to be able to make different strategies for you to be able to get to that so what are guidelines for being physically active then engaging in such physical activity it provides protective mechanisms against different chronic conditions and so uh, this is what we want for you guys, <laughs> Yeah. For, for everyone. So how much should they be going for? Is there like a magic number from the research? It's. I think a lot of the research is pointing towards this 150 minutes, but it's by no means a strict number. And so it's not about, oh, if you get 140, you're not getting it, you don't have protective mechanisms. The idea behind it is to have it as part of your lifestyle, integrate it into your lifestyle. And what we're trying to do here at SEP is to like reframe how we think about exercise and think about things you can engage in that you enjoy. So it's not about reaching a particular number. A little pet peeve is like when people make short-term kind of weight loss goals. I think when you're striving for those numbers, because how weight is like- It, it does fluctuate throughout the day. Throughout the day, well. throughout the week. You know, things happen. We all understand that life can happen. So it's not a number to live your life by but it's more finding ways to engage in something you enjoy. Yeah, definitely. If you, if you enjoy something, you'll completely forget about this whole currency as well. And on top of that, you get to do what you enjoy. That means you do it for longer as well. And then I'm sure you'll meet the recommended guidelines to maintain health or reap the additional health benefits, which will create a bit of a protective barrier against the chronic conditions like obesity, metabolic syndrome, bone fractures, to name a few. Mm. So for instance, Andrew's uh, he likes to play touch footy and soccer and he exceeds the recommended guideline whereas for me I started picking up popping and now I'm doing almost two to three hours worth of dancing a week and that means I do meet or sometimes even exceed the recommended guideline 
And I think the quite important thing is that as much as we like to drive the benefits of physical activity, there's a lot of news coming out that Australians are living longer. And that is also backed up by the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, a report published in 2018 saying that Australians are living longer and in good health as well. But there's still the fact that there is a substantial impact from chronic illnesses throughout every individual regardless of what age bracket you're in and i feel like that chronic illness is a lifestyle illness or it stems from poor lifestyle choices mm. so that one being physically inactive but it can also be like unhealthy diet and also smoking on a regular basis it is one of the major sources of chronic diseases a scary statistics is that going from adult teenagers and children i guess i'll talk about adults first the australian bureau of statistics in national health survey stated that only 56 percent of adults between the ages 18 and 65 were not sufficiently active so a bit over one in two australians that is a bit scary considering that you know being regularly active has that protective effect against a lot of those lifestyle illnesses like obesity or diabetes i mean it's not a cure or it's just because you're regularly active doesn't mean that you mm. won't get it but it reduces the likelihood and it with, with that fact in mind 56 percent not being sufficiently active mm. puts them at a greater risk which is a mm. bit scary children between the age of 5 and 12 74 percent are insufficient so they're not meeting the guidelines so that's 74 percent. that's even higher than the adults and then we go into the teenagers this is where it gets a bit more scarier so 92 percent of young people aged between 13 and 17 Hmm. are not physically active or do not meet the guidelines which is backed up by a lot of studies to suggest that the numbers that they give shows that doing that much will at least give a level of protection so it's almost like a vaccination if you if you like to consider it while you're in health, if you're physically active, you are at less risk of being ill. So if you consider that 92% of young people between the age of 13 and 17 not being sufficiently active, mm-hmm. they're not vaccinated. I mean, yes. in a way, uh, <laughs> metaphor is not perfect, but I hope you get the idea. What can we do about it, though? Being informed about where you can go for information, where you can go for advice. And yeah, being educated on physical activity and its benefits would be a fantastic first step. Especially beyond the gym. Or yeah, beyond you know, the gym. because Do something you enjoy. The gym is... Yeah, Not right. everyone's cup of tea. It is a daunting environment. Like, I've been at the gym for about, like, five years now. And yeah, there's some times where I'm just like, oh, wow, <laughs> these people around me are just dropping weights and it's just... Sometimes it's not a nice environment. Sometimes it can be scary. doesn't mean that it's not a place to go. I mean, I highly recommend going to the gym. It's just that it's not everyone's, like I said, cup of tea. It's good for directly training your muscles. And if you need like rehab work and postures and muscle development, the gym's perfectly fine. Yep. In terms of like lifestyle, doing something outdoors. Do something you enjoy and do enjoy. something with, you're able to do with friends as well. Yeah, because we um, are social beings and yep. there is a big thing of doing things with other people that brings everyone together. Brings everyone together. You feel good, feel kind of human. You can just kind of see from people who are kind of experiencing loneliness that the functions down, they just don't feel like themselves. And yeah. like there's something to that and something about that. Which should be addressed. And that's why we created SEP for a reason. There's a social aspect to promote that exercise can be beyond the gym or like a very traditional sense of exercise where you go for a run or something like that. And in regards to preventative and treatment of chronic conditions in relation to exercise is very contextual. So we'll probably wrap it up for today. We'll go through themes in our 
podcast talk. But if you do have any queries that is beyond the theme of our podcast talk, let us know. We'll try to answer it or we'll try to get around to it when we come about to the appropriate podcast theme and we'll give you a bit of a shout out if you do which will be great do our research and we'll do our research if we can't find the information we'll also be having guests on as well who are more well versed in specific yeah yeah. specific areas so rest assured we won't stop until we find the answer so until then you know stay physically active or if you're not physically active check out the blog maybe you can pick up (laughs) some inspiration from dancing stay social yeah get Uh, moving together get moving together Once again, my name's Dayok. And I'm Andrew. And this is the Social Exercise Project. See you later. Bye.